there are more valuable forms of capital than financial. Mm. Uh, um, one of the most finite res resources in the world is time. Mm. Unlike money, time is unidirectional and you can't make more of it. And we only get a, a finite amount of it ever, right? It's like someone saying, when you're born, you get a million dollars for the next 20 years and that's it, right? Like, um, you know, time is one of these most finite resources. And so we should protect and value time more than we protect and value financial capital. This is the Job Stories Podcast, how people find work that matters. Appreciate you coming on the Job Stories Podcast. Um, if we can, just to get us the ball rolling here, do you mind to just introduce yourself and what is your job now? What are you doing currently? Yeah, so, you know, my name is Derek Brown. I'm the founder CEO of a startup in the, the Web3 crypto space um, called Bunches um, and uh, started that company about a, a year and a half, maybe two years ago um, in the middle of the pandemic. Perfect place to start a company. And um, I've been doing that since. Cool. Um, what birthed that? What, what have you... I I'm I know you a little bit by now, so I'm I'm basically yeah. doing it for the sake of the podcast. But what what birthed the entrepreneurial venture that you're on now? Yeah, I mean, it really started as a creator focused company. I mean, um, I was in uh, New York City at the time. Uh, a lot of creator friends, both on the kind of traditional social media influencer side, but um, also musicians and artists. I mean, I used to run a music venue um, in the South and. Um, I've always been close to, to that world, right? Um, and over and over saw that uh, people wanted to escape walled gardens of Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. They don't own their own community. They don't own their own monetization. They don't own their job security, right? At any given time, a platform could just kick them off of that platform. Mm. Um, and so, uh, you know, we really set out to solve that problem initially on Fiat Rails and then um, you know, as a crypto hobbyist myself, since you know, probably 2014, um, we knew that those were the that's the right infrastructure to build this on. But the adoption curve hadn't ticked up yet. Um, but then you enter the pandemic, and people are at home, you know, buying NFTs and downloading MetaMask or Rainbow, um, and then all of a sudden everything kind of clicked into place. It's like now's the time um, to build this on Web3 in crypto. Um, make it accessible to the masses in a way that you're not buying a $100,000 profile picture. Um, and that's kind of how we built the team and product this far. That's cool. So, I mean, super savvy and honestly, it sounds very complicated. So you have a tech background. Yeah. Like what's, tell me, take me into that story a little bit. I, I do. Yeah. Um, you know, it's probably non-traditional compared, compared to many who have a tech background. Um, I'm self-taught as a software engineer. Um, you know, we can certainly dive into that. I, I you know, started um, in the, the uh, basic world. Um, if people remember those languages these days, um, maybe dating myself, but, um, you know, fast forward to this explosion of the thing called the web um, and uh, learned HTML, CSS uh, very early on and then JavaScript subsequently. Um, fast forward a little bit, that actually took me into a role at LinkedIn um, where I led the product engineering team for um, a product at LinkedIn called Recruiter. Um, it does exactly what you think it does, right? Mm -hmm. So um, it, it's the enterprise-facing, um, you know, kind of product from LinkedIn. Uh, this was 2013-ish. Um, so before Microsoft bought them, uh, led a team there called Talent Solutions. 
um, left LinkedIn for a company called Adapar, which is in the private wealth management space. Um, you know, built a, a pretty cool product there, um, targeting wealth managers and advisors at large banks, right? Um, and was the VP of product development there, like I said, and you know, kind of managed product management, engineering, design, QA. Um, and then uh, left there for the startup world um, and have worn multiple hats as many people in the startup world do. But um, one of those is often, you know, either CTO or, you know, kind of senior backend engineer um, uh, or jack of all trades as it, as it requires. Yeah, that's incredible. So you've been in a lot of different, I mean, LinkedIn's a large company and then you've, you've kind of been all over. So, and had a lot of changes. Do you mind a look back real quick? Is there, has there been any through lines of when you change jobs or, or yeah, whenever you've changed jobs, what's been the motivator to the next thing? Can you think of anything that you're like, yeah, this is why I've probably made all these changes. Is there anything you can think of? Yeah. I mean, by and large there, you know, if I'm being honest with myself, there was some upward mobility in some sense, right? So um, and, and certainly not always compensation. I mean, leaving leaving big tech like LinkedIn and Adapar for the startup world is is not a move you make uh, for compensation <laughs> for liquid compensation anyway. Yeah. Um, but I, I think you know, looking at my own values, I I value freedom. I value ownership. That's why we're building bunches, right? To give that to creators. But um, you know, in my own job story, like I've wanted to give that to myself, um, and so you know, having the freedom and owning my own destiny, um, you know, is, is really what brought me to the startup world. Um, and then also just learning new things, right? Like I don't have a, a financial background. And so, um, you know, the move to Adapar was, was largely motivated by just curiosity um, and, and trying to learn this massive system that impacted all of our lives so much in 2008, 2009. And, um, you know, that was, that was a huge part of the move too. It's just this insatiable thirst for knowledge. Okay. That's cool. I'm, I'm thrilled you touched on that because that was on my mind earlier today, thinking about talking to you, but this um, constant learning path that it sounds like you've been on and even took a job just based off curiosity. Well, now you're in a, you've got a startup in a world where like there is so much curiosity. So do yeah. you think that way? I, we don't talk about it a whole, whole lot, but like from a hiring standpoint, like, do you like to kind of find people that maybe they don't match up for every single technical thing, but they're curious? Because I know you, you can teach anybody how to do what you need them to do, right? <laughs> so, like, do you look for that in folks? And have you looked for that in folks in the past? Absolutely. So, you know, we have a, co a couple of values at Bunches. Um, one of them, well, we refer to them as identities, not, not values. Mm -hmm. So values are kind of pieces of who you are, whereas an identity is, is kind of a core piece of who you are. So one of our identities at Bunches um, is being a learner. Um, and so we actually hire for that um, and look for that in, um, in someone's trajectory, where they've been, their experience, certainly on their resume. Um, and a lot, of, you know, a lot of that, honestly, is just uh, personal bias, right? So um, I, myself, coming from a non-traditional background, um, you know, having studied political science and philosophy in undergrad, um, but, you know, ending up in the tech world, like I, I, I love seeing that in other folks where um, they're coming from a non-traditional background, um, be it, you know, I've hired people from, you know, nuclear engineering to philosophy to uh, finance who ended up in, in tech, um, just really runs the gamut. But that desire for um, learning 
is, is such a core part, especially in an industry like, like crypto where um, things are moving so fast. Like if you can't digest information um, at the same speed that the market is moving, like you're not going to be successful um, in this industry. Yeah, that's uh, it's, it seems like in your industry more than really anybody else that I can think of. It's like you do have to be learning because y'all's y'all's industry seems to be that's a prerequisite. You've got to be uh, hip to and comfortable with learning new skills always. Yeah, that's right. You know, there's a couple of ways um, that we actually identify that. Right. So like, um, you know, in an interview, I'll ask, like, what are some things that you've been reading lately? Mm-hmm. And you know, the, the cop-out answers are are typical tech books, right? Like, um, you know, whether it's like code articles or the latest from Ben Horowitz or like whatever it may be. But if someone is responding like, hey, I just read this like really interesting diatribe on how World War One led into World War II, or um, I'm reading Hemingway short stories, or I just read like, um, you know, poetry from, you know, last year's uh, prize winner or whatever, like that starts to, to, you know, give green lights um, in, in my head for, for the candidate, right? The other thing that I like to do, um, even more than resume, like by and large, I, uh, I ignore kind of um, past experience. I want to see who a person is right, right here and now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll go, I'll go to GitHub, um, especially for technical you know, positions, obviously, um, and look, like, what are they working through? What are they hacking on? What are they, you know, how many green squares do they have on their profile, right? Like how often are they trying to experiment and ship and deliver things? Um, because for, especially for engineers, um, you know, building is a form of learning. Um, and so uh, I think it's a really kind of important characteristic um, for tech workers. That's really great. We had talked to someone in a healthcare company. I think it was maybe a guy named Robbie Allen, but he had talked about, um, he'd had some employees that they were encouraging. They were going to get like master degrees or whatever in something that was way unrelated from their field. Like I was like, that's yeah. pretty cool to encourage. And I've, I knew you would be similar um, because that's what you've done. I feel like you've learned and re- reinvented yourself and learned and reinvented. And now here you are as a startup leading in that same way. Yeah, that, that's right. And, you know, thank you. I take that as a huge compliment, awesome. but um the it's one of these things where like the tech industry is moving so fast and it's one you know we all like to say that right we all like to say tech moves so fast software is eating the world the you know the world is changing at a you know higher clip than ever um but then we also pride uh, a lot of times we pride people for you know being stalwart or stubborn or stagnant in um you know we call them experts like they've been in the same industry for an extended period of time and there's certainly value to that right um, but, you know, at the same time, if you're trying to build something new and innovative in a fast moving industry, you have to reflect that yourself and your team has to reflect that um, as a hiring manager, as a builder, um, as a job candidate, right? Like you have to reflect the industry in which you're working in, um, certainly bring something new to it, um, but also, you know, kind of reflect it in the sense that you yourself are adaptive and learning and, you know, moving fast. And maybe that does mean reinventing yourself, um, you know, every 18 to 24 months. Mm, Yeah, that's so great. So I want to go back a little bit further to have you all this knowledge that you have from a leadership standpoint, as you're running this company, did you have somebody that you've kind of used as a mentor over the years? Or are you more taking from, well, I learned this at LinkedIn, and I learned this at the next place and this at the next place? 
or is it maybe a little bit of both? Yeah, I, I've certainly had mentors kind of a, along the way. I mean, I, I think of, you know, my drag manager at LinkedIn, Sarah Clatterbuck. I mean, we've stayed in touch even since LinkedIn. That was years ago. Um, uh, after LinkedIn, like um, Eric Poirier, the CEO at, at Adapar, learned a, a ton from him. I've also learned from, um, you know, both my peers and direct reports. I mean, um, my co-founder at Bunches, this is our second company together. Um, he's, you know, I forget some junior, um, uh, you know, just a phenomenal learner, phenomenal, um, you know, co-founder, but, um, he, he's also one of the, these, these people that sharpen who I am as a person. And, um, you know, we put in the work to have the relationship where we can give each other direct feedback. And so, um, you know, while I don't necessarily look at, look at him as a mentor, but rather as a mentee, he's also made me an extraordinarily better leader over the last five years just like people at, at Adapar and, and LinkedIn prior. I think you relate to this some. I've been thinking about this a lot more just as I'm getting older and with us running running a business too. But like I, my, a big motivator for me, I think, is um, sustaining a, 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 our own business so I can have more time maybe with my family and kind of have my own, more freedom in my schedule. When candidates are looking for jobs, the hot phrase right now is work-life balance. I guess it's the same thing for business owners too, but I, I'm thinking towards the future of like, that's such a motivator for me. And we, I was just talking about with somebody else, like, I guess when I was younger, it was money. Like it was just money. Like I want to make more money. But now I'm like, yeah, no doubt. I'd love to retire well, but like if I can get to a place that feels comfortable where I can just spend more time with my kids and eventually their kids and whatever, that's a big motivator. Do you find yourself kind of thinking that way as a motivator for running your own business now? I'd love to tell you yes, but that wouldn't be true. Yeah. Um, I, you know, so for transparency's sake, wife, three kids, um, three beautiful daughters, they just turned uh, 12, 12, and 10. They all have the same birthday. Um, Whoa. Uh, this past week. Yeah, it's a, that's a fun fact. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, if someone is looking to start a business or looking to start, it's certainly a tech company, certainly a tech company in the crypto space. Yeah. Um, you know, to work on life, a work-life balance, then uh, that's a massive mistake. Um, you know, I think you, you probably have less time yeah. in that scenario than um, just working a, a nine to five or, you know, 10 to six or 10 to four, if you're in the Valley, <laughs> like, yeah. um, you know, type in, type environment. Um, that said, I also, I'm not a firm believer in work-life balance. Um, I'm more on rhythms. Like there are seasons in life where work is demanding, right? Uh, you're in a fundraise, you're in a product push, you, um, your P&L is, is low, right? Like you're running out of runway or, um, you know, you're uh, in a massive hiring spurt, right? And you're sourcing and recruiting and mm -hmm. um, et cetera. Like those are seasons where work is more demanding of you. At the same time, life can be more demanding as well, right? And you have to tell work like, hey, I'm in a season of, of high demand on my, my family life or my personal life, whether that's um, a mental health break or you're moving or, um, you know, milestones within your family or, or your children. Like, um, I, I think there are kind of peaks and valleys rather than every day being, OK, I'm going to go dedicate seven to eight hours to work and then I'm going to dedicate, you know, six to seven hours to family or whatever the balance is. Then I'm going to sleep for another eight. Like, I don't think that's sustainable nor realistic. Um, and so the balance to me 
isn't really a balanced day to day or even week to week. It's really these kind of peaks and troughs of of the demands of both work and life. And, and you know, I think of them as seasons, um, not necessarily kind of a, a balance. And finding that rhythm is something that um, you know, frankly, it comes with age. It comes with experience. It comes from making a lot of mistakes. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that, that's kind of how I approach it. Yeah, that's so good. That's a good thought. So, yeah, I think you're right. Maybe if I back up and I think about kind of my my previous statement, what I'm I'd maybe the things I would do with the money I make at my job is different. Like maybe I wanted a car and things like that. Now I'm thinking sure. like maybe more vacations, and that speaks more to what you're talking about because you're right since doing this, there probably have been days where I've spent more hours trying to run the business that I would have ever done as a nine to five employee. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing to, to really, um, think through, uh, and we've talked, talked a little bit about this kind of off the podcast, but there are more valuable forms of capital than financial. Mm. Um, one of the most finite resources in the world is time. Mm. Unlike money, Time is unidirectional and you can't make more of it. And we only get a, a finite amount of it ever, right? It's like someone saying, when you're born, you get a million dollars for the next 20 years and that's it, right? Like, um, you know, time is one of these most finite resources. And so we should protect and value time more than we protect and value financial capital. Mm. Um, in the same way, another form of capital that I think is more rare than financial capital um, is you know social capital the relationships we have the attention that we can garner the um you know and not just using people in a transactional sense but in a pure relational sense um you know fostering deep uh deep-rooted relationships is so much more important than chasing a paycheck or chasing you know a retirement age or, or whatever because those things are are much more finite um than you know, a salary or benefits for, for most people in the West. Yeah. That's so good, man. That's so good. I appreciate you sharing that. I'm thinking now, um, Hey, I, I wish we were going to get it out in time. I was about to say, I can't wait to see you next week at the event promote that, but this won't be out by then. But anyway, we're excited that you, you speaking of relationships, like you seem to do quite a bit of that in Nashville, like a lot of relationship building, speaking, um, doing events like the one you're doing with us. You had one, two nights ago. Like, has that been a big piece for you since moving to Nashville is really diving into the community here? It, it is. And I think it's it's kind of an outworking of the excitement that's occurring here in Nashville, mm -hmm. right? Like, there are not only big tech companies moving here, like, like Amazon or Oracle. There are not only startups that are here, like Bunches, for instance. Um, not only, like, a very large healthcare scene, fintech scene, but also, you know, massive Web3 community here as well that's kind of under the radar right now. Um, and, and we don't, you know, this is both a pro and a con. You know, Nashville doesn't have the kind of hype-driven culture of, of other markets like like in LA or Miami, right? It's, it's a much more hustle-driven culture, which means that we've flown under the radar for, for a while. Yeah. Um, but it also means that a lot of the community is just um, tight and interconnected and we're looking to learn from one another. It is one of these outworkings of uh, a desire for more social capital and to accumulate social capital and to build relationships um, and to contribute back to the community, right? Like, um, you know, I, I enjoy doing events like the one that we're doing here in a couple of weeks. I enjoy doing events like the one I did a couple of days ago. I enjoy doing things like 
working with the legislation here, um, legislature here to, you know, pass the Dow law, like because of the relationships that come along the way, I don't get paid to do those things. Right. Like, um, nor do, do I want to, to be frank, like, it's one of these things where giving to the community often pays back in the spades and you never know how that actually works itself out. Um, and it's a lot of fun, right? Like the Nashville tech community is just a couple of, you know, items away, whether it's press or massive exit, um, you know, away from being a, a national treasure and, and being recognized nationally. Um, and so being here on the ground floor, um, you know, getting to meet with folks like you or, you know, um, people in, in the community, like it's just, it's special. Yeah. It's cool to hear you say that. That's, I agree completely. It's just felt, well, I, I, I tell the story sometimes, but before we were moving here, we were in LA and had met someone weeks before we were leaving and said, Hey, they happen to be from Nashville is a music thing. And, um, the guy was like, man, y'all, y'all get ready to come on to Nashville. The water's warm. And that was like his <laughs> quote. And it's just kind of held true. I was like, man, you were such a hick. Like, cause I'm from Arkansas. So I, it, it resonated well with me. I was like, it's held true. The water has been warm. It's a great group of, uh, professionals that, that be- relationships benefit not only professionally, but personally too here. So it's cool to hear. A hundred percent. And you know, some of, some of the first friends, I mean, I moved here in July, 2020. Some of the first friends that, um, that I've made here are in the professional environment, right? There may be other startup founders, et cetera. Um, but it does extend past, you know, kind of exchanging leadership ideas or tech or, you know, learnings from the industry or whatever. Um, it, it's, it's much more deeper than that, which is, you know, again, it's, it's part of the stage that we're at, right? Like this, this tech ecosystem is almost a startup unto itself mm. where, you know, Nashville right now is in the seed round. Um, and it's going to be one of these really fun things to see, um, you know, over, over the next 18 months, three years, five years, much less, you know, 10, 10 to 20 years. Like um, it, it's, it's going to be pretty wild to, to look back and see kind of where, where we are now, not, you know, much less even before you know I got here, that a lot of people have done phenomenal work laying laying foundation. Um, you know, I think of the the Tech Council and you know uh, Brian Warrior and some of the the work that's been laid here, um, but before us. And um, you know, fast forward another five to ten years, it's going to be pretty phenomenal to look back and remember this time. I haven't heard anybody use that analogy, but it's basically like this. It's like in a startup of itself, and it's in cur- currently in the seed round. That's really good. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and it's, you know, just like you're evaluating a startup, it's, um, it's about team, right? The people, the products, right? The city that, that is here is phenomenal. It's a perfect blend of um, kind of the things that make Southern culture distinct from the rest of the states. Um, but also it's a diverse metropolitan city. Um, uh, it's, it's also, you know, Shane Mack calls it kind of the switchboard city because we're, um, you know, hour and a half, two hours um, flight from kind of uh, most major cities on the, the East Coast. And um, but also there's things like cryptocurrency laws on the books now and zero percent income tax, extraordinarily you know, business friendly state. And all of these kind of characteristics come together uh, to make you know, a pretty stellar startup that if I were investing in cities and, you know, by extension, I have, um, you know, Nashville would, uh, would certainly be receiving a, a seed round check for me. That's for sure. Yeah, that's good, man. That's so good. Well, if you don't mind, I really appreciate your time today. This has been so cool. 
how can um, candidates, when you're hiring, I believe you are now, so this is probably perfect. So if they want to reach out to you or maybe other businesses that maybe want to collaborate with you or anything like that, how can folks get a hold of you? And we'll make sure and link those things. Yeah, we, we are hiring just to be transparent. So we're looking for a senior software engineer, um, ideally in Nashville, open to remote, um, ideally with Elixir experience, not required, but um, that is kind of our back end. So senior software engineer on the back end. Um, we're also looking for three interns, um, kind of uh, both on the engineering side, uh, helping with quality control as well as our web client. Um, but also um, on the, the business side, um, whether that's social media or partnerships. Um, and so you can find more information about that via LinkedIn. Um, I, I'm fairly active on LinkedIn, as you can imagine. Uh, just look me up, Derek Brown. Um, the, the URL is linkedin.com slash in slash Derek Brown, J-R. I'm a junior. Um, uh, for contact, you can DM me there. You can also DM me on Twitter. Um, I'm at Derek Brown on Twitter. Um, and you can find me on Bunches, of course. Um, and that's uh, bunches.app. Cool. We'll make sure and link all that stuff too, but that's great. This was awesome, awesome stuff. Thank you again for your time. I appreciate it. It's been so cool to get to know you and onward from here. Yeah, 100%. Thank you, uh, Mason, for both the opportunity and, uh, and the time uh, this morning. Absolutely. Have a great day. We'll see you soon. Bye, man. Bye, man. Take care.